Well, good morning, everyone. We are live with Sunday School uh, for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. Today is Sunday, April the 18th, 2021. Uh, thanks for being here this morning. We are going to go ahead and get started with the music selection, uh, the praise selection time for our uh, lesson today. It's uh, Walter Hawkins, Thank You is the name of the song. We're going to go ahead and get that started and play it now while we allow people to join, join us online here. Thanks for being here, everybody. Hey, Ronnie, good morning. Hey, Brother Nate. Thanks for being here. Good morning. Amen. say thank you enough. Hey, Laura, good morning. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Charles and Joanna. Good morning, Ann and Larry. Thanks for being here this morning. It's pretty outside, still cold. 
Pretty good. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I could start clapping, I'd be afraid to knock down the camera. Okay, uh, that's a beautiful song. Thank you by Walter Hawkins. Um, that is uh, comes from his uh, Love Alive 4 uh, album from 1990. Uh, highly recommended. Uh, it's a great song. We appreciate uh, Praise Team again providing music for us in the morning just to get us started and get us in the mindset of listening to and hearing the Lord Jesus Christ speak to us and giving us the mindset to say thank you because we have a lot to be thankful for, and uh, we ho hopefully shouldn't have to think long and hard about what to be thankful for. Amen? Amen to that. We should know right away, <laughs> to, be, to say thanks, we should know right away what those things are that we should be thankful for. Um, I'm thankful for a good periodontist. Uh, <laughs> that's a starting point. Because uh, <laughs> uh, we got to take care of business with that. But I just thank you all for being here this morning. Just some business to take care of, we because there is. It's been a very busy morning, a very busy weekend, and nothing um, out of the ordinary per se. But just just a lot of activity flying back and forth. Uh, let's just give a reminder to everyone that we uh, are having church today at, uh, at eleven o'clock at Akron Alliance Fellowship. So, for those of you uh, Arlen and, and those of you who are in charge uh, of the. Uh, and all that. I'm going to hold a seat for me uh, to allow me to get down there because I'm speaking today. Um, oh, yeah, tell Vic. I'll let Vic know. <laughs> Who, whoever, whoever it is is doing that. I have no idea. I just, uh, I just show up, basically. Um, the, the, the message today is uh, called It's Study Time. Uh, that message is also pre-recorded and is also available here online uh, in the same timeline for Akron Alliance. We'll be posting uh, in approximately 12 minutes or so, but it'll be available for um, uh, your uh, taking it in when we get done here uh, with Sunday School. Good morning, Lisa. Uh, thanks for being here, Lisa Stallworth. Welcome Amen. Uh, Amen, and welcome to the church family. Amen. That's right. Uh, let's not leave those things out. Uh, my lovely bride tells me what to say sometimes, and I appreciate her doing that because I need all the help I can get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but, um, we are in the church building today. If you cannot make the church, please stay online for the message that's pre-recorded. It's study time. We appreciate you uh, taking that in and making sure that you comment and give likes as well too for those. Um, please remember your tithes and offerings. We we implore you to not forget uh, because our church setup is irregular when it comes to getting to church and we go in and we kind of leave almost immediately it seems like don't forget your tithes and offerings please take care of that uh, we if you're mailing your tithes or offerings you can mail it to Akron Alliance Fellowship 688 Diagonal Road Akron Ohio 44320 and uh, if you're coming to church today of course there's going to be a temperature check masks are required and uh, for entry into the church and social distancing will be in effect as well too so please keep that in mind and that is that course of business. Oh, uh, don't let me forget. We are going to be trying to do uh, an experiment this coming Friday. Uh, we are going to have a Zoom Bible study. And I have, uh, if, if you can also pass on to whoever's at church today to be prepared to show a, a video of the Zoom Bible study as far as how to use Zoom. And if you've never used it before, there will be an introduction to that as well, too. And uh, that's coming up this Friday, where we're going to have uh, an explanation as to the Zoom Bible study. If you haven't already seen it online, it is on our timeline on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. So go and take a look at that as well, too. For those of you who are not in the Akron area and who are not coming to church, you'll want to look at that because you want to be prepared for the uh, the practice run on Friday afternoon at seven Friday evening at seven thirty, 
and we're going to have the Bible study. We plan to do it every fourth Sunday uh, for about an hour from at 5 o'clock. So that's this coming Sunday. Just making you aware of that uh, next Sunday. Uh, and if you can FaceTime, if you know what FaceTime is, you can Zoom. So that's exactly right. But Zoom is a different program that we use. It requires an invitation to a link to be able to do it. I won't spend time talking about that now. I'm going to trust that you tech-savvy people who are online right now can go and look at the information online that's already been provided and take a look at it and be prepared for that. Okay, so with that in mind, I want to go ahead and get started because we uh, have a very short selection of verses that we're covering today uh, in the lesson, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. We will be covering today and even though there's like eight verses it is jam-packed with good stuff and good information that we need to take and kind of uh, just masticate on it and just you know really just chew on it I know right doesn't chew on it probably sounds a little bit better than masticate <laughs> oh well there should be levity at times too everybody so I, I hope you can appreciate that but yes <laughs> chew, chew. Thank you. <laughs> let's try that. Good morning. All right, very good. So, with that in mind, let's go ahead and um, get in the mindset of getting into uh, uh, quieting our souls and our spirits and listening to the Lord Jesus Christ speak to us through the power of the Spirit. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to. Just sit quietly now and just take a deep breath and just allow ourselves to get in the mindset of just hearing you speak to us. Not the words that I use, but your words through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you for that indwelling spirit that comes to us and through us and works through us at all times uh, to help us to live in a Christ-like manner. And that is exactly what we need today. We need more people who are seeking you and truly embracing the relationship that they have with you and Lord I pray that that is conveyed both here and also in the message later on that people really do see the importance of continuing to grow in Christ not just taking you for granted not just sitting back and letting things happen not paying attention to what the world is doing but paying attention to what you are doing in the world and Lord that we can do the same things that you would have us to do uh, where we're truly glorifying you and living for you. We just thank you, Lord, and we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 8. I've gone over this lesson. I've looked at it a few times, and, and honestly, it is one of those things where it really is a great indication of what is going on today in the world. I think I've shared with you in previous lessons that a lot of the people in the world, even people who profess to be followers of Christ, are just not really following Christ the way they should. And when I say that, I think it's because they're adding things to it or they're doing things to try to make it more either warm and fuzzy for their purposes or to make it more exciting, um, you know, the, the the word is exciting by itself. We don't need help with that. It it really is what it is what it is. It doesn't need any boost from mankind or man because they think that the message may be not as exciting as what it should be. But I challenge you to hear the words that are being spoken here when uh, Paul is speaking to Timothy in this this letter. And again, this letter is a, a more somber letter that. Uh, is, is worth paying attention to the somberness, the somberness of this letter. Um, let's start with verse 1. I'll read through to verse 8 and we'll go back over it. Paul's giving a charge to Timothy here. Verse 1, 2 Timothy 4. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears 
want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Okay, that's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. And we're going to go back over this now um, and look at this with the tone that I think Paul is trying to give to Timothy here. It's a very serious tone. And we should take it seriously just as well as we look at something like this. Because it's just, I can't stress enough, for those of you who are even venture to go on Telegram, I have a faith channel. Melvin Gaines's faith channel that is on Telegram. And I actually posted these eight verses on the Telegram page on my, on my site. That Because I just felt that we just have so many different views out there. People need to see that there's a solemn warning in this passage. Um, so let's start with verse 1. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. And, and that's a very key point here because there are going to be times when it's not favorable. It's going to be times when it's really good when the Spirit is telling you to preach it, and there are going to be times when the Spirit is going to tell you to speak. It may not be very favorable to do so. Listen to the Spirit. Always yield to the Spirit when it comes to something like this. Don't get out ahead of the Spirit. The Spirit knows what He's doing, has always known what He's doing. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. And notice how it says, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage. We'll talk about that in a moment here. So, we recognize that Timothy was being told how important it was for him to preach the good news so that the Christian faith could spread throughout the world. And that's basically, this is the hotbed. This is where all the activity was taking place, where all these churches were being set up in these lands uh, surrounding each other. And this is where the gospel was going to go forth. And of course, we believe in Christ today because people like Timothy were faithful. They were faithful in preaching the good news. They were faithful to their mission. They were faithful to... Uh, what Paul was referencing here. Half the people who have ever lived are alive today, and most of them don't know Jesus Christ. He is coming soon, and he, is, um, he wants to find faithful believers ready for him. And we say this because you should be every single day, for people that you know, uh, let's start with your own family, who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, that you pray for them that they get the knowledge that they get, get the understanding, that they make the declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord of their lives. That should be a daily, daily prayer. Always keep that in mind, a daily prayer, because you want to make sure that those people are ready to receive it, and yet we need to be ready to speak it when the time comes as well, too. Um, it's going to be, it may be inconvenient for people to take a stand for Christ or to tell others, but Preaching the Word of God is one of the most important responsibilities you're ever going to have. It's one of the most important responsibilities for the church. The church has to continue to speak the truth and still talk about the love of Christ and the importance of following Christ. And so for those of you who are listening to me and hearing what I'm saying, we need to still speak the words of Christ to everyone who comes in our midst. We still need to speak the truth about Christ. We need to surround ourselves with good teachers about Christ, too. Um, th these are people that uh, we turn on every morning on, on Sunday morning, and we hear truth being spoken by certain speakers about the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what we need. We need to be saturated with that information. They give you words and give you indicators on things you can say to people. If something sticks with you, use it. Um, there's no copyright on anything that's coming out of their mouths. It's... It's really important for you to speak the gospel and speak the truth. So be prepared for 
and be sensitive to these times when you have opportunities to tell the good news. These are going to be opportunities that are going to come up. You can be prayerful about these opportunities as well, too, and that the Lord gives you the wisdom to be able to speak up and say what's necessary. It's going to happen. Be ready for it. Be prepared for it. And we'll talk about being prepared for it even later on in the message about you just have to study. You just got to get into the Word and study the Word and be prepared to use what you read and hear and, and relate that to someone who is listening to you. Um, again, about verse 2, preaching the Word of God. Be always ready to serve the Lord in any given situation, whether, it, whether or not it is convenient. Whether or not it is convenient. Now, what does convenient mean? I mean, convenient may mean you don't, you're not up to it. You may not be feeling that well. You may not be necessarily at your best. It doesn't matter. You need to be ready. It may be very inconvenient for you to do something like that. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to be received, but it does mean that you have to be at your best at all times and be prepared at all times to speak the gospel. Don't use an excuse, Lord, I don't feel well. Lord, I don't, you know, that's not going to cut it. As mature believers, we have to really think about this now and really think about what we're, our purpose is. Our purpose is to declare the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And sometimes when you're not at your best, you're going to struggle with that. I've heard many people who haven't felt well um, still speak the truth about the Lord and give it to people. If they're laying in their hospital bed, okay, and they're still talking to the doctors and nurses about the Lord Jesus Christ, well, they're not at their best, but they're still talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. These are all things we need to keep in mind. Your response can be a testimony for the Lord. Amen. Yeah, yeah my, my bride said your response can be a testimony for the Lord. I mean, that's what it comes down to. When you're not feeling great, yet you're not snapping at those. When, right. When you're not feeling well, when you're not snapping at people, when you're um, just feeling lousy. I think that's the best way to put it. That's a testimony because you're your putting response. your truth, your response, right. Yeah. You're Because you're putting the truth in... They're, you're putting the truth out there for people to hear, and yet you are glorifying God as you uh, go through your moments where you're just not feeling well. Uh, it's a real testimony to him, and that's something to keep in mind, too. And Paul also here, I want to make sure we cover this part here in this verse, verse 2. Paul was saying that uh, it's uh, difficult to accept correction, to told, be told that we have to change. You know, we, have to, we have to change our behaviors. We have to change our behaviors, don't we? We have to. We had to do things that got closer to uh, what the word was saying when we were not doing what we were supposed to be doing. When we were sinning, we had to make a change, didn't we? We had to change our behaviors. The Holy Spirit certainly helps us in that change, but we had to make the move to make the change ourselves. But no matter how much the truth hurts, we got to be willing to listen to it. We need to be. If if the word needs to correct us, we should be corrected. If if the word and I, and the word has corrected me many times, I've I'll readily admit that it, it it has helped me to grow more and more in my relationship with the Lord and be more and more prayerful with Him. And you have to understand that people who are at the forefront, like pastors, uh, how much do you think they're praying to stay faithful to the Word? Because Satan attacks them all the time. That that is. That is a reality of those of us who are in the faith because we're in Satan's domain. We're in the world. We're dealing with people. We're dealing with situations where people don't want to hear the truth. And we're going to get to that a little bit more now here in verse 3. Let's go back up to the top. Uh, uh, 2 Timothy 4, verse 3. And I'm going to read down through <clears throat> verse 5. For a time is coming, and we can argue that's today, when people will no longer listen to sound teaching, sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. So what are we talking about here? Something that we probably already know, and, and that's why we need to make sure we develop loyalties to those people who are truly teaching the truth in the word, and disloyalty to those who are not, or who are sugarcoating, or who are uh, providing false teaching within their guise of truthful teaching. You've got to pick sides, everybody. You've got to choose who you want to listen to, and not because you want to hear it, 
because it sounds good to you, but because frankly you you don't you want to hear it, but it's uncomfortable anyway, because it's speaking truth about us. So that's what we need to do, and I'm all for teaching this the gospel of love because Jesus Christ does indeed love us. He does care for us. He does indeed uh, want the best for us. And sometimes wanting the best for us means he teaches hard truths. And so we have to be prepared for that. Many speakers, teachers, and writers talk about the pursuit of knowledge. We want to know more about Jesus. And I talk about knowledge too in my message, but I'm talking about godly knowledge. I'm not talking about worldly knowledge or trying to explain things from a human perspective about what God is already telling us. We don't need that to become to us through a human perspective. The human perspective is always going to be based upon fleshly responses. Always, always, always. Never forget that. Some people like this, they don't, they don't want to listen. They don't want the knowledge aspect of it. They just want power. How many times have we seen people who have been involved with ministry who just get, it just goes to their head. And because they have a following of people who puffs them up and makes them feel important, uh, the power just goes right to their heads. That's not what we want. Uh, we don't want anything like that. Such people won't listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They reject the truth. They chase after myths. Um, and you can see this everywhere. Liberal churches, university campuses, schools, there's all kinds of one thing that I've been very conscious of, and I'm trying not to, I'm trying to finish sentences. I for, my mind is working very quickly here, so I forgive me for that. But one thing I've had to be very conscious of in my chaplain studies are that sometimes some chaplains would try to water down the importance of God uh, within their council. Uh, God is still present. the The fact that we have to we worship um, a, a being that is greater than us, uh, and that's what we need to make sure that we're always conveying. We have to make sure that we're always conveying the love of Jesus Christ. That's why my focus has always been on the Christian studies aspect of being a chaplain. If you're, doing, if you're going that direction, you're not going in a bad place. That's exactly where you need to be. So we need to understand that, but not all chaplains are practicing this. And they're practicing a watered-down theology. Some of the most liberal colleges, they may be looking for chaplains, but they're looking for a chaplain and it's going to be one that is less inclined to speak about Christ and more inclined to speak about, um, I don't know, good feelings or uh, saying that you can, achieve, you can achieve a higher ground on your own by just, you know, doing feeling good vibes and stuff like that. Positivity. Yeah, the uh, positivity, exactly. That's the, that's the word, that, uh, uh, this positivity thing. Uh, be very cautious whenever you hear things like that, everyone. That's... Um, if they take Jesus Christ out of it, then we have a problem. Um, okay, so people who claim to have a little bit more enlightenment, that's the word, too, that I wanted, enlightenment. Um, that's, a, that's a real buzzword as well, too. We've heard that in history. Um, You've got to be very conscious about that. They have more enlightenment than what the Bible says, that, that old dusty Bible that we we've been looking at for thousands of years, basically, but understand that they claim to improve on God's words. That's a real cautionary point. They claim, well, they'll, what they'll do is they'll claim that the, the Bible has been tampered with so much that they, in fact, won't pay attention to it. They won't, they won't read it. They won't study it. They would, they would much rather use their own way of reasoning and thinking, and that's exactly what, that's exactly what Paul is saying to Timothy. They're going to follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. This is why we need to take a stand for the word and stay in the faith. The people have a lot in common. These people who are enlightened, as I use, they, they do not tolerate the truth. They don't have a respect for it. They don't have any interest in anything like that. They would much rather uh, keep that whole section as ambiguous uh, they, there is no such thing as absolute truth in their minds. They would much rather say it is based upon your own experience. The second thing that they do is they reject this truth for sensationalism. I see a lot of sensationalism in uh, people who uh, make these proclamations about uh, vibes and energy waves and, and all this stuff. And I know this is very, very unpopular in a lot of areas right now because there are a lot of people who talk about these energy waves and uh, achieving a higher plane 
of understanding. You'd be surprised what's out there, everybody. Now, I, you know, I'm not the, the I, I, I've gotten less and less inclined to be on social media because I see such weird stuff like that. But it, it really just kind of um, frosts me greatly, uh, honestly. Creams my corn uh, when I see stuff like that. Uh, it just does not, it's not appropriate because we're talking about a diminishing of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're not talking about the importance of acknowledging Christ as Lord and Savior. Um, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. That's John 14, 6. And every time I hear something like that, people just come up with this, these weird, psychedelic, it's almost like they're on drugs or something. It's a psychedelic me uh, methodology of, of religion. Uh Forgive me for just speaking my heart on this because that's why I felt that this section was very important to cover. Do not, do not, do not allow people like this to sway you and take you away from um, the truth that you're being taught in church, the truth that you're being taught. Get in front of Pastor Gus Brown, the best truthful teacher that we have in our midst. Uh, and there are people on television uh, Dr. David Jeremiah, great truth speaker. Dr. Charles Stanley, another great truth speaker. Um, Dr. I, I, I forgot his name now already. Jeffers. Uh, yeah, Robert Jeffers, uh, another one that speaks truth as well, too. These are guys that are, are talking the truth. Tony Evans, if you can find him. And, and Tony Evans as well, too. Dr. Um, Dr. Tony Evans. Now, we, um, for those of us who have been in the men's study, we know that Dr. Tony Evans sometimes in his writings, and I'm not sure he writes everything that he puts out, sometimes goes a little soft on the gospel. Uh, and I, and I, I, that's a challenge that we all have to be able to discern. We got to have discernment. And, and that's something we'll be talking about later on today too. Discern what's truth. It doesn't mean just because somebody else says something that may not be truthful or completely true, doesn't, don't let it change or affect your thinking. If it's truth, it's truth. You stay with it. So, all of those people I've mentioned may deserve their fair amount of criticism because they're all human beings, and we all go through stuff, and we all need to understand that too. So please keep that in mind. Uh, we, we don't elevate these people to a godlike status. They are human beings just like you and me, and they will make mistakes, and it's not necessarily right for us to pick and choose every little mistake they make because sometimes they just make a mistake, and it's just an honest mistake. But honestly, you're the one that's supposed to be learning on your own. You're supposed to be the one who has discernment so you can compare what's being said. Be that Berean. Acts 17, 11. Get up there and, and, and look at what the word says and see if it's true. You go back and do your own research. We have a lot of people who just take the word of everybody who's, who's speaking and they don't have any idea if it's truth or not. And that is a, a that is tragic. It's tragic. You never, ever just take the word of anyone who's speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. You're supposed to be your own student for, the, uh, for, the, uh, for Christ. You've got to get in the book. You've got to study. You've got to look at what the Word says. And look, it's going to take some time, but if you're following a two-year plan like what we talked about, two years goes by in a hurry. If you're faithful and you're going to read the whole Bible and you're going to feel good about that, and then now you're going to go back over it again, another two years at a time, and you're going to see much more that's going to be beneficial for you. So you're supposed to be growing as you read, growing as the Spirit speaks to you. Are you growing? Are you growing? Or are you just taking the word of someone else who is enlightened, who seems to have more on the ball, theoretically, than what the word says? Poppycock. So just keep that in mind. Okay. And this truth that they're teaching, they want it to fit their own situation and have it make sense for them. And frankly, they gather their viewpoints to suit their own selfish desires. You know, you got to wonder about somebody who does something like that. What is exactly happening with that person? I'm just going to tell you the truth right now. Satan has been in a lot of churches. And Satan will resides sometimes in church pulpits. If you aren't sensitive to that, if you hear something in a church that just gives you, just freaks you out, get out and go somewhere else. You don't need to be there. You don't need to be in that fellowship. Because it, you, if you want to even take on the challenge of trying to correct or rebuke someone, remember, 
what it says up here in the passage. Back to 2 Timothy 4. They're going to reject the truth and chase after myths. That's in verse 4. They'll reject the truth. You know why? Because they're already so far gone, they really don't want to hear what you have to say. They're going to reject the truth. So rather than you get into it with them, you can speak the truth one time and then get out. And that's really what it comes down to. Get away from that fellowship. Get away from those people. If you know someone who's in fellowships like that where you know that the word is not being spoken, tell them to come to Akron Alliance. Tell them to go where, or go to any church where the truth is being spoken. And, I, and I, honestly, we've got to do a better job of discerning this stuff. We have to do a much better job. We stop taking the word of somebody else. Stop taking the word of people who think they know more. Um, no, that's Satan working in that person's life, honestly. I'll just put it out there. That is exactly what's happening. Um, people following myths. Myths that are basically just human thoughts and, and proclaiming those to be of wisdom. Be careful. Stay away from that. False teaching is found in many places. We are, we've said this many times. Even inside the doors of some churches. Like Timothy, you, should, must, you must keep a clear mind in every situation and seek God's word for the truth. Amen? Uh, hang in there, guys. Connectivity may be an issue today. Don't really know why, but we're here and we're live. So we'll just keep on talking. Let's go down to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. So, here's a really, really good tip of advice. When Timothy is being told by Paul to keep a clear mind in every situation, understand something. When you're in church leadership, or when you're in a, at the forefront, you're going to get all kinds of stuff thrown at you. All kinds of stuff. Stuff that comes out of nowhere. Stuff that just comes from around the corner. And you just need to be ready for it. And we as believers need to keep cool. I like that way of thinking. Keep cool when you're jarred or jolted by people or circumstances. Keep a level head. One thing that we need to be very conscious of when we get news, and it may not be very good news, it may be bad news, you've got to kind of keep your cool about it. Everything that's happening is not strange to God. It's not something that caught him off guard. And honestly, we need to have the character of Christ when it comes to news like this, too. It doesn't mean we don't get upset. It doesn't mean that we don't kind of feel bad about it. But keep your cool. We need to be prayerful in situations like this and re respond in kind to God. Like, Lord, this news that you just provided for me, it's tough news, but I know you're in control. I know you're in the midst of all of this. I know that this is not catching you off guard. Help me to manage this in the same way so that I can be at my best at this time. And you know what? You don't have to be you don't have to be ashamed of how you respond. That's a practice that you have to kind of work on. It, it's it takes time. It, it's something you have to develop. It's part of our 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 efforts of maturity. And and trust me when I tell you, a lot of mature believers uh, are going to struggle with this one because we are emotional beings. We are created as emotional beings. So, but keeping cool, there's a difference between uh, being emotional but keeping cool about it and, and making sure that you're just processing information as time goes by. It's, a, it's something we have to practice. Try not to react too quickly. You know, we have a lot of people who react so quickly, they might say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, respond in the wrong way. That's why we need to keep cool. We need to think. Take the time to process. Take the time to process the information. That's what is most important here about keeping cool. You might be emotional about it, but we need to process it. We need to think about it. We don't need to jump the gun and react in a wrong way because you don't want to make things worse if you do the wrong thing or if you say the wrong thing. You have to count to 10. Count to 10 is actually a very, very good advice. Uh, it, it actually makes a lot of sense. Counting to 10 and taking the time, you know, count to 10 in Spanish, count to 10 in English, whatever it is, just count to 10. Do whatever you need to do just to slow yourself down. That's why I actually, you know, talk about as we get ready to pray that we're slowing ourselves down because I have to slow myself down because I will start speaking and talking over my words 
where what I say sounds like gobbledygook if I, if I go too fast. And that's because my mind is actually thinking ahead of what I'm speaking. And I'm trying to catch up with my mind. And I have to slow myself down and say, wait a minute. Uh, I gotta be, you have to be audible, first of all. <laughs> you have to be able to say what makes sense here. But you just try to slow yourself down. Don't react too quickly. In any work of ministry that you undertake, keep a clear mind in every situation. It makes you morally alert. It gets you ready to fight temptation. It gets you resistant to pressure. It gets you vigilant when you're facing heavily, heavy responsibility. These are all things that we need to keep in mind. That's, that's why we keep our cool. Timothy was told, being told to keep our cool for the same reason, just to make sure uh, that you just don't get too far ahead of your skis. You ever hear that term before? You get over your skis too far? Uh, when you're doing ski jumping, there is a, a, a way where you just have to keep your skis out in front of you, and you don't want to lean too forward, far forward over your skis because what happens is you become a rolling ball down the hill uh, when you finally do land. But that's an important aspect of faith as well, too. As you take that leap of faith, don't lean too far over your skis. Stay back and allow the Lord to carry you through those situations. Um, that just popped in my head. I praise, the, praise the Lord for that. But that's, that's a very, very appropriate way of looking at this. All right, and now the real meaty part down here, verses 6 through 8. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Now that's from verses 6 through 8 of 2 Timothy 4. Now, Paul, I told you it's a somber tone. This is when Paul is just revealing to Timothy that his, his time is short. He knows he's going to be uh, executed. He's in prison. He's probably not getting out. That is exactly what's going on here. And he is recognizing this. But what he was doing here, even though he is saying this, he's writing this. Understand something. As you're dictating this to be written, you're saying these words very carefully. You're making sure that whoever is writing this letter on your behalf, in this case, you know, they had scribes that wrote these letters on behalf of what was being said. He's being very careful about his words, but he is also being very calm about his words. He, there's a calmness to what he's saying. The realization that he has a, a short time left, um, it was something that he was saying it because he knew he was going to face be able to deal with Christ's reward. There was a reward coming. He knew that he had done what he was supposed to do uh, in the faith, and he was conveying this to Timothy as well, too. And so here's the thing that we need to understand, because he knows he's facing death. We all face death. Uh, death is a, a certainty for everyone listening. It's a certainty. It's something that's going to happen for all of us. So here's a question for you. Um, is your life preparing you for death? Do you share Paul's confident expectation of meeting Christ? Well, that's what faith is all about. If you don't share this, if you aren't aware of this, I implore you to start reading Scripture today and look at what Scripture says about life in general. There's a passage in Scripture that says life is but a vapor. Do you know what a vapor is? A vapor is something that is present for a, a, a period of time and then it disappears out of sight. You can't see it anymore. Whatever chemical makeup that makes up that vapor that comes out, it eventually disappears and it's out of sight. You can't see it. It's invisible. Well, that essentially is in comparison to what God has done throughout our eternity. Our life on earth is but a vapor because we're going to be here for a time and then we're going to be leaving. So the good news, though, is that the heavenly reward is not just for giants of faith like Paul, but for all who are eagerly looking forward to Christ's second coming. We're looking forward to Christ's return. We're looking forward to him coming back. We will either meet him alive or we'll already be in the grave and he'll come back and get us then. So we are looking forward to that second coming. That is what is being 
prophesied. That is what is being spoken of. And because the Bible is a Bible of truth, we know that that second coming is a certainty for those of us who are in the faith. It is a certainty. It is not going to be something that's, well, it might happen, it might not happen. No, it will happen. It's going to happen. It is a certainty. It has been mentioned in Thessalonians. It's been mentioned um, and as being, and basically Paul is saying it here. It's coming back. He, he is coming back. He is going, and going after the prize that awaits him, the crown of righteousness. Let's talk about that crown of righteousness real quick. We're going to know when we're with Christ, it's going to be worth it. Uh, everything that we talk about here is going to be well worth it. It'll be well worth the time, well worth the effort for us to continue to sacrifice and do what's necessary as we remain obedient to him. Um, the crown of righteousness, back in the, <clears throat> even back in the time when uh, there was still athletic games that took place, in the Roman athletic games, there was a laurel wreath that was given to each winner. That was the prize that was given. A symbol of triumph and honor, <clears throat> pardon me, it was the most coveted prize in ancient Rome. This is probably what Paul was referring to when he was talking about this crown of righteousness, that wreath, that thing that goes over your head. That's what he's looking forward to. The Lord is the righteous judge. He's going to give it to him. Um, his is going to be a crown of righteousness. There are rewards that are waiting for us with our, for our faith and our deeds. Let's take a look real quick. 2 Corinthians 5.10. 2 Corinthians 5.10. I, I kind of uh, I didn't want to bushwhack anybody. Too. Verse 9 leads into that where it says, well, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Talking about please Jesus, please the Lord Jesus Christ. Then verse 10, 2 Corinthians 5, says, For we all must we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. There is a reward that is coming. We're going to be rewarded in heaven. Um whatever we got we face, you know, whether we're going through a tough life, whether we're discouraged or persecuted we know that we're going to receive a reward from christ in heaven that's what we're looking forward to that's what we should all be looking forward to that is what is most important here all this higher plane thinking and enlightenment and crystals and all this stuff you know people get weird about this stuff because they think it's a flashy thing about having a a relationship with the lord is something that's extra special well it is special but not because of anything other than what christ has done for us he died on the cross for us. It's special because of that, because he has grace. We don't deserve a thing that we get from, from Jesus Christ. We don't deserve any of this stuff. It's because he has grace. It's because he loves us more than we can ever conceive. He loved us before we loved him. And that's what we need to always come back to. Um, pick up 1 John and read 1 John and just read that thing through and see about God's love for us. But he is love. He truly is love. And, and those are things we need to understand. But he also uh, is the ultimate judge. He is ultimately, ultimately, the, ultimately the one who judges us when it comes to uh, our relationship with him. Has it been faithful? Has he, have we acknowledged Christ as Savior? These are all things we need to take into account. Remember, most people condemn themselves to hell. They do. Because they should make a choice not to follow Christ. So they say, well, if you don't follow Christ, then... What's your expectation going to be? And those who are false teachers are also in that group, everybody. Always keep that in mind. So I'm going to read verse 8 one more time. And now the prize awaits me, back in 2 Timothy 4, verse 8. Now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Never forget that. Get in the word and study. And look at what the word says. And I appreciate the fact that this passage comes before a lesson about studying the Bible more and getting into the word more. And, and not just, just studying it because someone tells you to, but studying it because um, it's what you want to do. It's what you desire to do because you understand how much God loves you. You should be curious about who is this God who loves us so much. Amen. Let's close out in prayer. Father, we just thank you and just give you all praise for your loving presence this morning. We thank you for what you have done and what you continue to do for us. Lord, we ask that you just bless us right now. 
bless us and overshadow us with your loving presence. We thank you, Lord, for what you have taught us, what you continue to teach us, and we thank you, Lord, for this maturity in Christ that you provide for us. Lord, that is the whole purpose of that Holy Spirit, to sanctify us more and more as we seek after you. And as we are sanctified, we are matured, and we are able to withstand things and do things that perhaps as recently as a year ago we just had a hard time with, but now we're able to deal with those things because of your very presence. Thank you, Lord, for those reminders. Thank you for your teaching. Thank you for discernment on what is being said as well, too. We pray that you just give us discernment, and we give you praise and thanks, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for being here this morning. We uh, invite you to stay online. If you are not going to church today, to stay online for the pre-recorded message. Uh, it's study time. It is available online in this timeline uh, when we sign off here. Uh, my bride and I are going to come down now to Akron and make sure that we <laughs> get there so that we can be in person. Um, and for those of you, God bless you all. Thank you so much for your loyalty and for your faithfulness in supporting what we do here at Akron Alliance as far as our teaching Sunday school and the messages. Um, we just want to proclaim the truth. That's all we want to do. That's all. That's the only motivation that we have. And God, to God be the glory for all of that. You guys take care of yourselves. Have a wonderful week. Remember that Satan is very busy. He is attacking in a lot of different places. Maybe you see that. I have certainly seen that. I pray that you just be with uh, the Lord uh, daily in prayer and stay with it. Greater is uh, he that is in you than that is in the world. Amen. Amen. So just keep that in mind. Uh, you guys take care of yourselves. We'll talk to you next time. We'll see you.